Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you've joined us live. And if you're watching this later on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, scrolling through Facebook, Facebook, know that we also upload everything we do here at Crossway Church to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Every message, every teaching, these Romans teachings on Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and the teaching that's presently ongoing on righteousness on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you live anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, Texarkana, Texas, uh, we encourage you to come out and be with us in our Bible study on Friday mornings. It's in the studio, uh, the next building uh, next door to us here. We have a, a lovely studio, and we encourage you to come out, bring your coffee, your pad of paper, and your Bible pencil, and let's get together and learn the Word of God as it is truth and bread for our souls each and every day. Praise God. Uh, don't forget to pray for our church we have in Wichita Falls, Texas. We've started another church there, which uh, Crossway Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, we meet typically the second weekend every month, which is on a Friday night at 7, and then the next morning from 10 to lunch. This month only, this entire year, we're having to meet this next weekend, which is the third weekend, because someone had the second weekend reserved. So I encourage you, if you know anyone in the Wichita Falls area that needs to come and be a part, which we all do, of a cross-preaching church, a true gospel-preaching church full of the Holy Spirit and preaching the message of the cross, send them a message. Tell them we're at 4217 Kemp Boulevard. That's uh, 4217 Kemp Boulevard. Also, I have uh, sets up here. And again, every, every session, I try to remind everybody, these are $25 each, any three for 60. But these are basically for people who don't do internet, YouTube, and all that good stuff, that free stuff. Uh, you may want it to play in your car, your truck, or your stereo, whatever. But that basically, we don't get rid of many of these because everything we do at Crossway Church is uploaded free for those who have internet. And you can go and, and listen, you can get the, our church app as well, Crossway Church app, or there's a, an app for your smartphone, and it is the podcast app. And there you can find us as well. And all these avenues, we're here for you to put the gospel out for you so that your walk can be with God and not just uh, some fake something going on, some churchy thing going on that's in the, in the wisdom of men and not the power of God. That's why the Apostle Paul said he determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified among the saints of God but so that their faith could stand in the power of God and not the wisdom of men. Let me just say one thing before we, and this won't make some folks too happy, but I can't help that. I'm not trying to be mean. Don't try to make people mad. But the preaching of the cross is not a dramatized session of preaching on Old Testament stories with you putting a lot of dramatics into it. And then at the very end of the sermon, just to make the comment that the answer is the cross. No, the Word of God must be opened and the truth 
of God's righteousness, which is Christ and what he did at Calvary, must be presented with all, in all, the things written in the word of God. We must know that, and I thank God for those preachers who are moving in that direction, but some are stuck in some denominational mode that you can look at them and tell what denomination they're in by the, the, the way they present their messages. So I, I say that not to make people mad, but to encourage people. Don't chase after a ministry. Chase after the truth, for that is a man named Jesus. Hallelujah. There's so many people that are only chasing after ministries. It doesn't matter what that ministry's doing. They're after it. I've seen men get in the pulpit that they don't get up and preach the gospel, and after it's over... People making comments say, that's the most awesome message I ever heard in my life. Listen, the most awesome message God will ever hear a man preach to men is the message of his son, Jesus Christ. And not just to throw that in, in, in the, at the end of the message as a one-liner. Amen? All right, enough of that. Let's get on in this. Romans chapter 7. This is part 6 today on June the 10th, 2019. And uh, again, I also have a spreaker app a channel on the Spreaker app. You can get the Spreaker app. I have a channel on there as well. It's called For Those Who Have Ears to Hear. In case the camera breaks down, uh, this technology breaks down as it has and does occasionally on the Spreaker app on my channel. For those who have ears to hear, you can always go hear the audio because I'm doing it right here on my iPad Pro and it works. And so praise God for that. So again, Romans chapter 7, part 6. And we'll start here in verse 6 today. And the Bible says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And notice something, the oldness of the letter is related to the law. And we've become dead to that which held us, which was the law. Every person is born into this world, into this life here on the earth as, as a people who are bound under law. You were Jewish people who were, you were born as a Jew into the Jewish family under all the laws and the rituals, the rites, the ceremonies, and all those things. But us Gentiles, the Bible tells us even in Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 that we prove the law was even written in our hearts through our consciences and the way we think and how we excuse or accuse ourselves or each other. So we're all born under the law, and that means we're all born dead, guilty under the law, separated from God because of sins. And, and that's going to help us when we move through this knowing this. We've been delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. All the folks who are trying to serve God by the do's, don'ts, the legalities of the word instead of the things that, you know, what I'm trying to say is those who are trying to work for salvation, those who, who are trying to labor or commit a, 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 an act to be saved, that is the letter of the law. Nobody's ever been saved by that anyway. The only people who've ever been saved from the beginning of time to now are those who had their faith in a promised coming Redeemer. And yes, then those under the Old Covenant had to do this and do that and thousands of things actually. 
and, uh, and it was horrendous to be guilty, not able to keep the law, and nobody has ever been able to keep the law, not one individual. And, and God knew they wouldn't be able to, none of us. And he offered us the sacrificial system that pointed to the only one who would ever keep the law fully and fulfill it. That was his son, Jesus Christ. And he did that for us as he lived a sinless life and then became our sin-bearing offering. And I'm thankful today to be saved as I trust in him and his work. But watch this now, verse 7. Let's move on through this. <coughs> Excuse me. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is the law sin? And he says here, God forbids. God forbids you to think that way. Think about that. God forbids us to think that the law is sin itself. You know the first reason we know the law is not sin? Because God's never given anything to man that's a sin. God wouldn't give you something that's a sin. God might give you something, and he did, by giving us the law that would show us how sinful we were, but the law is not sin because it came from God. It was given by God to men, and listen, it, God will never give you anything that's sin. That would mean it came out, that sin was in him, and there is no sin in him. See, that's good news. And the law is not sin. God forbid that we think that way. Look at this. I had not known sin. I wouldn't have known about what sin was. I wouldn't have known I had a sin nature. This is the noun, 266. The number 266. This is the word. Remember what we learned in Romans chapter 6. It's either the word sin as a verb, an act of sin we're committing, or it's a noun as the word sin is used as the sin nature who we were before we were born again. The sin nature, that's what we were. We were dead in sins. We were dead. You know, if you, if you ever wondered why it's a foolish and ridiculous and blasphemous thought uh, that Kenneth Copeland has made before that if he would have known what Jesus would have known, he could have been the Redeemer. He could have been no Redeemer. He needs to get saved. Listen, he hadn't been to heaven. The second Adam that came to save us came from heaven, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47. Listen, ain't nobody else been to heaven to come and say, Jesus came from heaven. Think about that. That's pitiful. That is very pitiful to make comments like that. Every other man's been born in sin, not Jesus, though. Watch this now. He says, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust, and that word means covetousness, except the law had said, you shall not covet. Just think about, uh, you, you, you didn't really know what to tag that sin. And let me give you this as a thought today. Think about all the way from Adam sinning, all the way to Moses being given the Ten Commandments. What was in between that time? There was no law. The law of don't eat off the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil was over. Man failed. Now all those, all those years that went by from Adam disobeying till, till God gave Moses the law to give to the people of Israel. Listen, men were still dying and they were still living in sin and they, and they were guilty and they died and they went to hell. 
except for that minute group who held to the sacrifice during those years, which was very, very few. So we, we don't need law to be guilty. We're guilty without that. We're guilty. All those people that lived those lives, they didn't have any law. I'm talking about the people that lived between Adam and Moses. There was no law. There was no law. But there was a promise had been given to Adam and Eve in the garden. And that promise was carried by a remnant. But most of the people died and went to hell. And then finally God gave the law, but only to Israel. Think about that. People were dying. People were going to hell rapidly. Listen to this now. They, just, be, just because they, they couldn't put a name on it, they couldn't explain it, doesn't mean they weren't guilty. They were guilty. Thank God he gave us the law. You shall not covet. Oh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you, you shouldn't tell a lie. Oh, that's what I'm doing. The law shows us that we're sinners, but the law itself is not sin. And I read the list of criteria from the Scriptures last session to you, so go back and watch it if you missed it. The law is holy, the Bible says. The law is holy, but it also says the law is not of faith. And anything not of faith is sin. So remember those things. So watch this. Let me read verse 7 again before we dig into verse 8. What shall we say then is the law sin? God forbids you to think that. God forbids. Get that out of your mind. The law is not sin because God's never given His people anything that's sinful. That would not be the God of the Bible. Paul says, No, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust, covetousness, except the law told me, Thou shalt not covet. Think about that. Verse 8. But sin, here's where he explains a little more in depth. Watch this now. But sin taking the opportunity, taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me, all produced in me all manner of concupiscence. And you know that what that word means? Concupiscence, desire. To lust, to covet. The Bible says, and I read some of those things to you, but 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says the law, it's not sin, but the law is the strength of sin. The law is what will strengthen sin. In Romans chapter 7, verse 5, we just recently covered it. The law, if I try to live according to the law, is what puts the sin nature in motion. Let's back up and read it in case you missed it. For when we were in the flesh, the passions, the motions of sins, were, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth the fruit unto death. Think about that. Turn over to Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 3. The Bible says, For what the law could not do, those, listen, preachers who, they have good intentions, but they're deceived and wrong. And sincere, but sincerely wrong. If they're opening their Bibles and telling you what you got to do for any part of God's salvation plan, they're not telling you the truth. They're trying to get you to work for it. That, listen, 
When I tell you you have to do something to be saved other than believe in what Christ did at Calvary, then I'm placing law before you. And Romans chapter 7 verse 5 and 1 Corinthians 15 56 is exactly what will happen in our lives when we try to live, labor for, work for, earn any part of our salvation, sanctification, the provision, the power, the presence of God in our lives. We will find ourselves beating the air faking it till we make it because everything God has for us is freely. That's why one of the reasons he gave us his spirit, 1 Corinthians 2.12, so we, we could know the things he freely offers us. I want you to know these things. I want you to write them down. Go study them out. I don't want you to sit under men and women anymore who they're not trying to deceive people, but they're deceived. And when you're deceived, all you can do is deceive. That's what the Bible teaches in the New Testament. As we're deceived, being deceived, all we can do is deceive others because we give what we have. And if we don't have truth, we can't give truth. What are preachers giving their little congregations in which all 35 people or whatever the number is are saved in that church? What are they giving them now? They better still be giving them the truth of God's Word as it's in the context of Christ and Him crucified. They better be opening the Bible and pointing people to Calvary because God's Word, as James wrote, is the law of liberty. But God's Word can't liberate you unless it's in the context of the man who is the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and what He did by Himself purging us from our sins at the cross. That The cross is what makes God God's word legitimate in your heart. It's what allows his words to be in the righteous context that they are and produce the fruit of the Spirit in the only place it can be produced in all goodness, in righteousness, and in truth, Ephesians uh, 5 and 9. You need to write these things down. You need to know these things. And if you're sitting under ministers, yes, you love them. Yes, they've helped you do this. Yes, they've prayed with you. Yes, they love you. Yes, you've got a relationship with them, but you need to question them. And when they refuse to preach God's word, open God's word and point people to Calvary, not what you have to go do, but Calvary, what Jesus did, then my friend, you're going to have to get up and get out. I want you to know we are in a reformation. It's just like every other reformation. It's just like when Jesus came. Most are not going to hear. Most do not in the church today do not have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. But don't let the multitudes draw you into their crowd. Listen, when Moses came down off that mountain and they built a golden calf, he walked out there under the anointing and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Do you remember who it was that came out from that crowd? Exclusively, the Levites. Do you know what God allowed them to become? The Levites. And even though all of Israel was God's people, you can go study this out, even though all of Israel was God's people, He specifically over and over called the Levites my own. My own, my people, mine, the Levites are mine. I first read that, I thought... Lord, they're all yours, aren't they? But he began to show me as I backtracked through the scriptures, he gave them 
the privilege of serving in the temple, carrying out all the ministry of the temple, which was the greatest picture, a moving picture with them of Christ. Every, the temple and all its furnishings pointed to Christ and what He would offer to us through His death at the cross. And He gave them, the Levites, that privilege, that responsibility, that great blessing of being temple workers. That was awesome. And I wondered, why did they get that? Why did God keep calling the Levites His own? These are my own. And Lord, they're all your people. And I look back, and it's those when Moses came down off that mountain. Somebody needs to hear this today. Because there are thousands of golden calves in the church today. If it's not faith in the cross alone, it's a golden calf, whatever you're pointing to. Whatever you're trusting in is a golden calf if it's not the cross. And when Moses came down off that mountain, my friend, and said, who's on the Lord's side? The Levites came out. And you know what God did? He told Moses, now you give them a sword and send them right back in there to slay, to slay even their own family members. Now, we're, God's not giving us a, a physical sword to go back in those He's drawing out. That's what the message of the cross is doing, my friend. If you're not sitting under the message of the cross, if you're rejecting the message of the cross, you're not hearing the call of come out from among them. You're not hearing the call of who's on the Lord's side. If, it, if it's not the call back to Calvary, it's not the call of God. Because he's not calling his people anywhere else. And he's not giving us a physical, natural sword to go back and kill our families or anything like that. He's given us the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, after he's brought us back, brought us out of this golden calf religion, legalism that we've been bound in for years. And when he brought us out, he gave us the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God as it is truth in righteousness, and we're taking that back to our families, back to our co-workers, back to those who were in our lives. That's powerful. You need to go read that story. And that's what God is doing right now, but the most are not going to listen because they value their false unity, unified relationships. They value their preacher. They value their... This or that, that's what happened to the people who would rather hang on to what they had in the crowd than hear God call them out from among all that. The call of God today, yes, to the lost is come out from among them, the world, the lost, the black darkness of sin. But the call is also to the church come out from among them. Who's on the Lord's side? not a matter of who's right and wrong. It's a matter of who's on the Lord's side. Who will come back to what brought them out of Egypt? Who will come back to what it was that brought you out of your sin? Those will be privileged and become blessed to be able to have the responsibility to carry the true gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now that's good stuff, my friends. I hope you're getting some of that. So let's go back. Let's read where we are. Romans 8 and 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The only way the law is weak is when it tries to be lived out in our flesh. When we, and that's the only way that we can function with law is in the flesh. When we're in the Spirit, we're not functioning under law. 
When we're in the Spirit, we're functioning under grace. Remember Galatians 5.18 says, those that are led of the Spirit are not under the law. Why? Because He won't lead you back to where He delivered you from through the blood of Jesus. He won't lead you back to the doing and not doing, the tasting and not tasting. He won't lead you back to the Hebraic roots moving. He won't lead you into the confess it for power. He won't lead you into buy a, a little bottle of, of uh, Jordan water oil for $100 and He'll give you... No, He won't lead you into you do and God will give. He leads you into you believe in Christ and Him crucified and the power of God will rest upon you. Hallelujah. That's powerful. That's true. What the law couldn't do in that it was weak through the flesh. Ain't nothing weak about the law till we try to live it in the flesh. God had to send His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Sin was condemned in the flesh. And when we're living in the flesh, we're living in something that's been condemned by God in Christ through what He did at Calvary. That's good stuff. Somebody said amen this morning. Glory to God. So, Verse 8 says in Romans 7, but sin, and you need to understand this again, remember what we taught in Romans chapter 6 about the word sin as a verb when I commit an act of sin or the word sin as a noun being that sin nature, that person I was before I was born again. I was a sin nature. I was dark, lost, undone, separated from God, blind, couldn't see spiritually. Amen, I'm just telling you. And it, and it here is the noun. But the sin nature takes occasion by the commandment. And he, listen, we need to just not even think of this as the Ten Commandments, although it's okay to. I'm talking about the rules that you put on yourself or your denomination or your preacher. If you'll do these three things, and I used to be one of those preachers when families would walk down the aisle and they would be broken and ripped to shreds. It was obvious the devil was about to totally destroy them. And they would come broken down, down that aisle at church at the altar call and, and they would tell me, preacher, if you don't tell me how to get deliverance, how to get out of this, what we're in, we're, we're just, we've, we're going to lose everything. We're going to be destroyed. And, and listen, I would begin to tell them, you need, you need to be in church every week. You need to give tithes and offerings. Well, are you studying the Word? Are you, 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 you doing, doing, doing instead of pointing them to the place and only place that God can deliver anybody from anything at any time. Hallelujah. And that's Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Everything that you're having a problem with today, Jesus nailed it to his cross in his death. Hallelujah. And I didn't do that for years. I cried with them. I prayed with them. I wanted to see them delivered. They wanted to be delivered. But God doesn't honor ignorance. The Bible says that. But He commands men everywhere to repent, turn around, trust in Christ and what He did, quit trusting in all you're doing. Yes, we're to be in church. Yes, we're to study the Word. Yes, we're to give tithes and offerings. Yes, all these things we're to function in, but not to work for anything. We do these things, but because we're servants. We're friends of the Lord. If we're obeying Him, Jesus taught those that obey my commands, they're my friends. Listen to me. Listen very carefully. The doing of anything by us is just what we're supposed to be doing. If it's biblical, it's not to get something. 
It's just to prove our love, sincerity of our love toward the Lord that I do love him. I'm going to obey him. I'm not working to get in the kingdom. I'm not working to get delivered from this, that, or the other. Listen, Jesus delivered me at Calvary. And there are things in all of our lives we need to see some growth. We need to see some deliverance from. But you're not going to go down to the Christian bookstore and buy a book on how to be delivered from this or that or how to have a prosperous marriage, because 99.9 times out of uh, 100, they're going to be telling you what if you'll do these things. And they're not pointing you to have simple childlike faith in Christ so that the Holy Spirit can work in your life and make your marriage what it should be, deliver you from the things that's causing your marriage not to be what it should be and paralyzing you from walking in the place you know you should be walking with the Lord. Listen, when we point to the cross, we point to the only place one's faith can be in that the Holy Spirit work in their lives to save, deliver, to heal, to function. You need to understand that. Listen, as I get ready to close, we're out of time, and we'll get back into this Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, right here. Write these scriptures down, especially if you're new listening to us. Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right. Not mama, not what I think. The word of the Lord is right. Not Buddha, not Allah, not Muhammad. Those are all liars. That's all under the influence of Satan. The word of the Lord, the Bible, is right. Here comes the end of this verse. Listen very carefully. And those who have ears to hear, this will prosper you. This will excel you as you hear the Spirit telling you this in truth. And all his works are done in truth. Truth is Jesus. Jesus said when you know the truth, it'll make you free. Talking about being free from sin. That means you got to know Jesus, have faith in Jesus, and what he did for you at Calvary. All God's works are done in truth. Now when the Bible tells us all God's works are done in truth, what does that at a kindergarten level tell us? That he's not going to work outside of truth. If all God's works are done in truth, then that means outside of truth, you're not going to find God working in your life. You're going to find the flesh being dominated because we're living according to the law of our doing instead of grace, which is what Christ did at Calvary. Sin, we'll get back into this Thursday morning, but sin here in verse 8 is the sin nature. And the sin nature is revived and takes occasion by the law when we live according to it. Well, if I'll say this three times, if I'll just sit here and stare at that, if I'll walk around the house five times, if I'll do this, if I'll do that, if I'll go here, if I won't, I, law. Anything outside of faith in Christ and Him crucified, law. And the sin nature takes advantage of that and begins to dominate us, takes occasion, has the opportunity to do it, and we can't stop it. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for tuning in live. Those few of you who do and are being blessed tremendously, I know you are as I am. And I pray that you'd share these teachings on social media in whatever way that you can and help us to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. People all over the world are listening to the gospel. God's word preached and taught in truth in its righteous context. And I'm thankful for that today. We love you. And until next time, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified.
See you then.